Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 221 of The Informed Catholic, episode 221. And we are now in the third week of Advent, and I'm going to do the liturgical re uh, readings for the third week of Advent. It's going to be for Thursday, the third week of Advent. So, before we go any further, please uh, subscribe and share to my podcast. I really would appreciate it. This would let Anchor and Spotify and all the other podcast platforms like Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and all the other platforms know that you actually are listening and enjoying it. And I really love doing this pro uh, this podcast. I really enjoy sharing the Word of God with everyone. And I enjoy reading things to people. And I know people are listening. Um, so, uh, before we go any further, please do that. Now, after I've got that done, we can actually begin our uh, readings. So let's start with um, the opening prayer, which is the Act of Penance. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. Christe Elision. Christe Elision. Christe Elision. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. Kiri Elision. And now we'll go into the uh, Advent prayer, the one I've been sharing with you guys uh, from the start of Advent. Be comforted, be comforted, my people. Your salvation comes quickly. Why with grief are you consumed? For sorrow has stricken you. I will save you. Fear not, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. Drop dew, you heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain the just one. O God, who gladdens us by the annual expectation of our redemption, grant that we, who now receive with joy your only begotten Son, as our Redeemer, may behold him without fear when he comes as our judge. Even the same Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Okay. This um, this year is really going by fast, isn't it? I mean, it's quite a year we've had with the pandemic and everything and uh, shutdowns and all the other stuff. But um, now we have a snowstorm here in New York. Those of you out there, and I'm sure you're probably experiencing some of it in some areas. Okay, entrance antiphon is from Psalm 119. I'm going to repeat it three times. You, O Lord, are close, and all your ways are truth. From of old I have known of your decrees, for you are eternal. 
You, O Lord, are close, and all your ways are truth. From of old I have known of your decrees, for you are eternal. You, O Lord, are close, and all your ways are truth. From of old I have known of your decrees, for you are eternal. Okay, so now I'm going to say the prayer of the collect. Unworthy servants that we are, O Lord, grieved by the guilt of our deeds, we pray that you may gladden us by the saving advent of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. I'll read that only once. Now, for a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. It's from chapter 54, verse 1 to 10. Chapter 54, verse 1 to 10. It's long, so let's begin. Like a forsaken wife, the Lord has called you back. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Raise a glad cry, you barren one who did not bear. Break forth in jubilant song, you who were not, who were not in labor. For, numerous, for more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the space for your tent. Spread out your tent clothes unsparingly. Lengthen your robes and make firm your stakes. For you shall spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your descendants shall dispossess the nations and shall people the desolate cities. Fear not, you shall not be put to shame. You need not blush, for you shall not be disgraced. The shame of your youth you shall forget. The reproach of your widowhood no longer remember. For he who has become your husband is your maker. Your name is the, your, his name is the Lord of hosts. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Call God of all the earth. The Lord calls you back like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, a wife married in youth and then cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I abandon you, but with great tenderness I will take you back. In an outburst of wrath for a moment I hid my face from you. But with enduring love I take pity on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. This is for me like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah should never again dilute the earth. So I have sworn not to be angry with you or to rebuke you, though the mountains leave their place and the hills be shaken. My love shall never leave you, nor my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so... It's a long one, so I am going to read it, but we'll stop at each um, each like paragraph. Raise a loud cry, you barren one who did not bear. Break forth in jubilant song, you who, who were not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her who has a husband, says the Lord. 
Well, this is obviously talking about a deserted wife, so of an abandoned family, obviously, or an abandoned wife who could not bear children. Although we know these days it's not always uh, the woman who's not fertile. It could be the man as well. I don't think, I don't think any, uh, any of them knew that back then, obviously. Raise a glad cry, you barren one who did not bear. Break forth in jubilant song, you who were not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Now, if I'm going to understand this, okay, it is a difficult one. I'm going to probably go with the fact that, let's say, Israel. It's obvious talk, obviously talking about Israel and about Israel's lack of faith. Israel was called like the bride. Always, often Israel is often like God's children, but often God refers to Israel in the days of Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the other prophets. The relationship Israel had with God, the covenant was a marriage. Not a contract, but something that is deeper. You know how the church does not believe in divorce. But of course, modern man wants to believe in a divorce. Modern human beings, um, you know, men and women today, not just men. You know, in a sense, God is, God is the one who is committed because we know in the covenant, he will not break the covenant. But Israel has often bro broken its side of the covenant and has sinned. And barrenness is often referred to lack of bearing fruit, lack of, of even teaching because the people of Israel, the, the temple, the priests have gone through apostasy and stopped teaching the faith. Much like today, you see a lot of Catholics abandoning the faith, either through scandal or through um, neglect or uh, both from the side, you know, scandal from the pre, uh, the clergy and scandal, um, the neglect of teaching the faith properly you know, through the church and sometimes through parents, people who are indifference. It could be an indifference towards towards the faith. And the fact it says here, um, more numerous are the children of the deserted wife than the children of her who, ha who has a husband, says the Lord. Um, I guess you can say like, you know, sometimes when there's no father around uh, and sometimes it could be you know, a fam um, family of kids, but obviously kids wandering around, more numerous of the children who are like, who wander around aimlessly, purposely, purposelessly, with no purpose, no purpose to their, to, to, to their, to their life. There's no father or husband to bring, uh, to, to bring them back into place, to, to, to bring them back into purpose, you know, a dysfunctional family. Without purpose, without a, without a, a breadwinner, without a, a father figure to, to, to bring them back. All right, the next line. Enlarge the space of your tent. Spread out your tent clothes unsparingly. unsparingly. Lengthen your robes and make firm your, your stakes. For you shall spread abroad the right, to the right and to the left. Your descendants shall dispossess the nations and, you, and, and shall people the desolate cities. Well, he's he's obviously seems like he's giving encouragement. Enlarge the space for your tent. A tent 
obviously like a nomad, a tent, a home. Uh, and then he says here, uh, lengthen your robes and make firm your stakes. Obviously, um, there was like, I guess, lengthening the robes is lack of, uh, they were, they were, they had a lack of dignity because I know from the Middle East, it wasn't considered polite and respectable uh, to show your legs that much. And usually people who like often didn't, you know, back in the old days when they used to wear long robes, especially among the Bedouins, it was not considered like, you know, classy and disrespectful to show expose so much parts of your body. Um, it's considered undignified. So, you know, and in a sense here, the, the abandoned wife and the abandoned children or the neglected family or the, the chaotic family, the family that's dysfunctional, has no dignity. There's no dignity to them. There's no husband. There's no leader. There's no chief. There's no head of the clan. Um, you know, often, you know how they say that when the wolves lose the alpha male, uh, the pack, they usually are dysfunctional afterward. There's no order. Uh, fear not, you know, of course I missed the part here, uh, spread out to the right and to the left, your descendants shall dispossess the nations. So obviously remember what happened. Israel was taken over, attacked by the Syrians, by the, um, the Babylonians, uh, the Persians, you know, things, they, they were constantly attacked, the, you know, uh, enemies and because they were dysfunctional. So they were they were attacked and they were taken prisoner and they had, because they had no proper leadership, there was no proper uh, authority in the temple and there was no proper authority among their kings and their nobles, their leaders to bring order to the people, to bring dignity to the people. So God is now coming and he's telling them, you will dwell in a, in a broad tent. You will be, you, you know, you'll, you'll have dignity. You'll dress and, and you'll, you'll, you know, you will dress with dignity and you will look dignified and you will feel dignified. And then these pagan cities, these pagan nations, you will take them. You will take them. So well, what he's also talking about here is not literally, but also by faith, by, by the faith of Israel, by the faith of the prophets, by the faith that God has given them through Moses and the, the temple. And through the word of God, that God has got, that God feeds them. God, who is their shepherd. Fear not, you shall not be put to shame. Well, there, I, I guess I hit that part right, right? You need not blush, for you shall not be disgraced. The shame of your youth, you shall forget. Their, their, um, their paganism, their idolatry, their infidelity to God. The reproach of your widowhood no longer remember. You will no longer remember. For he who has become your husband is your maker. His name is the Lord of hosts. So they will regain back their faith. And by regaining back their faith, they will get, regain back their dignity. Because the word of God, the faith that God has given them, the covenant that he has made with Abraham, Jacob, Isaac and Jacob, the covenant that he has made with Moses and, you know, the in Mount Sinai, the, um, the covenant that he has made with David, they will regain back 
that dignity. They will regain back their faith. It's their faith that will give them, give them back their dignity. There's no, there's no dignity without faith is only materialistic. And you're going to be no different than, uh, than those who don't believe, because it's your, it's, it was the faith of Israel, their faith, their faith in the Word of God, their faith in the one true God, in the prophets, and all that they were promised that will give them spiritual uh, dignity. And they need that first, so they they can actually bring you know bring their lives back to order. Okay, so, um, and he says here, for he who became your husband is your maker. He who is your husband is also your God, your maker, your God. His name is the Lord of hosts. Your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. God is the one who gives dignity. Faith in God redeems you. Once you you come back from the shame you clean yourself up, you begin to have faith. You gain back your faith in God. Once you go back, go past of all your sins, you, you will realize that you were made in the image and likeness of God and you have your dignity back. Okay, um, the Lord calls you back. There you go. His wife, like a wife forsaken and grieved in, in spirit, a wife married in youth, and then cast off, says your God. A brief moment, I abandon you, but with great tenderness, I will take you back. In an outburst of wrath, for a moment, I hid my face from you. The, the, the idolatry, the sinful behavior, they also remembered, they started sacrificing their children, their, they started practicing human sacrifice, they sacrificed their babies. But with enduring love, I take pity on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Notice how he keeps repeating the word redemption, Redeemer, Redeemer. This is for me like the, like the days of Noah, when I, swore in the, when I swore that the waters of Noah should never again dilute the earth. So I have sworn not to, not to be angry with you or to rebuke you, though the mountains leave their place and the hills be shaken my love shall never leave you for nor in my covenant of peace be shaken nor my covenant of peace be shaken says the lord who has mercy on you i think it speaks for itself right there the days of noah mankind the days of noah from up to noah from adam to noah mankind turned its back on god and then God always wants to call man back. He doesn't, give, he doesn't give up on humanity, but humanity is the one who gives up on God, who decides to turn their back on God because we, we let our passions, our lusts, and our sins take over. All right. Um, let's go to the response to Psalm now. All right. So it's um, the response to Psalm, Psalm 30. And the response is, I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will extol you, O Lord, for you drew me, you drew me cl clear and did not let my enemies rejoice over me. 
O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me from among those going down into the pit. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Sing praise to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and give thanks to to his holy name. For his anger lasts but a moment, a lifetime, a lifetime his goodwill. At nightfall, weeping enters in, but with the dawn rejoicing. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me. O Lord, be my helper. You change my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, forever will I give you thanks. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Okay, let's take a visit to this psalm. I will extol you, Lord, for you drew me clear and did not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me from among those going down to the pit. This is speaking of the resurrection, the resurrection of Christ. You, you, O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me. You preserved me from among those going down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger lasts but a moment. A lifetime his goodwill, at nightfall weeping enters in, but with the dawn rejoicing. I like that part. At nightfall weeping enters in, but with dawn the rejoicing. That's I mean, how many people with troubles, with pain? That's one thing about the Psalms. They're the most emotional part. I mean, there's a lot of emotional part, but the Psalms are meant to teach you how to pray. And it's meant to show you that what we're going through, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, the pain and agony of life and the troubles of life, it's no different than it was thousands of years ago, 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, 13,000 years ago. It doesn't matter. Human beings, human emotions, human experiences, human tragedy is the same. Troubles are the same. Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me. O Lord, be my helper. You change my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, forever will I give you thanks. You know, that's... It's very beautiful. So let's go back and read it without stopping. I will extol you, O Lord, for you drew me clear and did not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me from among those going down into the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger lasts but a moment, a lifetime his goodwill. At nightfall, weeping enters in, but with the dawn rejoicing. Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me. O Lord, be my helper. You change my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, forever will I give you thanks. And you know, when you think about your enemies, you often could think about your the temptations you're suffering, the sins that you're struggling with. All right, that your sins that cut you off from God and 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 prevent you from living your shame, your the shame we often feel when we commit sins. Those are in a sense like our enemies; they're personal demons. 
the, the your enemies are your can be also your personal demons, not just people, but personal demons that we struggle with. Often it's our personal demon. And often like I was talking with a friend today, you know, people who often struggle with material things and property that they inherit and and other things, often these things can be prisons. It can be trouble. It can oftentimes be, it's something you don't need. Uh, things that we inherit. Sometimes we don't, you know, your family business or whatever it is that you can inherit from your parents or or someone leaves you. It's often not something that's not good for us. It could often make a person miserable and unhappy and things like that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we go through and there's a lot of things that we often, we often pursue things we want more money. We want more. We want. We want more success. But a lot of people say they're not happy, and it's not. You know, everybody needs money. Everybody wants success, but sometimes the things that we want may not be what's good for us. People want to be happy, but if you have all the money in the world, all that or everything, but you don't feel happy. It's strange. Some people want money. And a lot of times when people have the money, it's it actually does worse for them. You know, people you heard about people who keep buying something and they get a high. And then once they get that high, that's it. It only lasts for about a moment. It's, you know, it's it's like that with people. Okay. Um, the Alleluia Antiphon. We're going to go to the gospel now. Alleluia, alleluia. Prepare the way of the Lord. It's from Luke chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. Alleluia, alleluia. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Alleluia, alleluia. John is the messenger who prepares the way of the Lord. Luke chapter 7, verse 24 to 30. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When the, messenger, when the messengers of John the Baptist had left, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine garments? Those who dress luxuriously? and lives sumptuously are found in in a royal palace. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom Scripture says, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of woman, no one is greater than than John, yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people who listened, including the tax collectors who were baptized with the baptism of John, acknowledge the righteousness of God. But the Pharisees and scholars of the law who were not baptized by him reject the, the plan of God for themselves. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the other day I mentioned the movie called King of Kings and there was this scene where John the Baptist is imprisoned 
and he hears the voice of the Lord talking to him. He hears Christ talking about him to the people. It's sort of like a a miracle, a mysterious way where he's allowed to hear what God is saying. All right, let me go back and read it one more time. When the messengers of John the Baptist had left, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about him. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to to see? Someone dressed in fine garments? Those who dress luxuriously and live sumptuously are found in royal palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom Scripture says, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of a woman, no one is greater than John. Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people who listened, including the tax collectors who were baptized with the baptism of John, acknowledge the righteousness of God. But the Pharisees and the scholars of the law who were not baptized by him rejected the plan of God for themselves. It's Jesus is obviously, I mean, John the Baptist, like I said, he is sort of like he has two positions. He's a prophet of the Old Testament and he's the prophet of the New Testament. He He's the bridge, the final end, right? He's the bridge that that unites the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. He's both an Old, Pro- Old Testament prophet and a New Testament prophet. And in a sense, that's the connection that we have with the, with the people of Israel because we you can't, you can't have Jesus without the Old Testament because how would we know who Jesus is? We need the Old Testament in order to tell us what the New Testament is. He is the fulfillment of it. The church is the fulfillment of Israel, even though a lot of Jews may reject it and a lot of Christians may reject it and a lot of people, historians will reject it. But the fact is we, 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 have, we, are, we are a New Testament, a New Covenant, but built on the Old Okay, it's like uh, they say, uh, was it St. Augustine said, um, the, the new is hidden in the old. And then the old comes out through the new like a flower. You know, it's, it's obvious. Okay, so um, let's go into the, um, the book, uh, The Day Christ Was Born by Jim Bishop. Okay. So, um, we stopped at, at the, um, Magnificat, I believe, uh, where the Magnificat was. So, um, let me go back just a little bit. A wave of exaltation filled the heart of Mary. The young girl no longer wondered and worried about her part in God's will. She became lyrical, and she stood before her cousin, arms outstretched, eyes dimmed and half-closed, with tears of joy. And she uttered 
words which remain engraved on, on the heart of Elizabeth for all days. My heart extols the Lord, and my spirit leaps for joy in God my Savior. Oh, how graciously he's looked upon his lowly maid. Oh, behold, from this hour onward, age after age will call me blessed. How sublime is what he how, how sublime is what he has done for me. The mighty one whose name is holy. From age to age he visits those who worship him in reverence. His arm achieves the, the mastery. He routs the haughty and proud of heart. He puts down princes from their thrones and exalts the lowly. He fills the hungry with blessings and sends away the rich with empty hands. He has taken by the hand his servant Israel and mercifully kept his faith as he had promised our fathers with Abraham and his posterity forever and evermore. The women embraced and Mary wondered what made her think of those words. The young girl remained with Elizabeth until June, a week prior to the birth of John. Mary was three months pregnant and her parents had sent word that she should be at home preparing for her wedding. Yes, the wedding. Elizabeth now enjoyed Mary's complete confidence and the two wondered if Joseph knew. It was important that he know what was about to happen and to understand. When Mary arrived home, she saw her husband-to-be. He was not happy that she had chosen to be away from him for three months. And if he knew the secret, he hid it well. He had heard from Mary's mother that Elizabeth was to bear a child. But surely there were others in, in her town who could have attended her. The young girl did not dispute Joseph. She decided from his attitude that he knew nothing of the great secret. She would not marry him without telling him something of it. I'm going to have a baby, she said. The shock to Joseph was beyond measure. Throughout the courtship, his intended bride had worn an aura of innocence all around her. He was painfully conscious of her lack of knowledge. She had gone away three months ago, and now she returned to say that she was pregnant. It is impossible to read the depths of sorrow in both hearts. He looked at her tenderly, and she offered no word of explanation. She looked away from him and wished that she might tell everything. The baby was going to need a foster father. Who better than the man she, she loved, the gentle and pious and patient Joseph? The thought crossed her mind that he had been selected for the role of, of these for this very reason. He would be an ideal guardian for the infant. Then why? Why had he not been told? Why wrench two young hearts with tragedy when the truth was as bright as the sun and as warming? On the tip of her tongue, Mary had the greatest secret of all history. She, she could not unlock her tongue. Joseph went away from her to think. 
Of the two, he was the more pitiable. He loved this girl with all his heart, and he had and he had had visions of long and fruitful life with her. Now he felt she had betrayed him, and he could not understand the betrayal nor even force himself to believe that it was true. Joseph kept his awful secret. He could divorce her public, publicly. If he did this, he would be impelled to tell the, elder, the elders the reason. In that case, they would ask Mary if she was with, a, with child. If she said yes, Joseph would have to swear that he was without knowledge of her. The priest would adjudge her to be an adulteress. There was only one penalty for this crime, stoning. The guilty person is led by a townsman to a high cliff and ordered to jump. If the adulteress refuses, she is pushed. As she, as she lies at the bottom of the cliff, the people arm themselves with stones and watch. If she moves, they throw the stone. If she doesn't, they go home. The body is left where it is for the birds and the animals. Joseph was being put to the test. He did not want Mary to die. He loved her. He, he could, under the law, pay money to put her away, to have her sent to some remote place. There she could have her baby and remain. A third possibility would be for Joseph to swallow his pride and proceed with the wedding and hope that there would not be too much comment uh, in the town over a six-month ba uh, baby. He, he was dwelling upon the possibilities one night in bed. Suddenly, the carpenter made up his mind. He would put Mary away privately. He would break, it would break his heart, and he knew that he could not love anyone else, but it could, but it, but it would be just, it would be just, and at the same time, merciful. Within a few months after the decision was reached, relaxation came to Joseph, and he slept. I'm sorry, within a few moments, <laughs> within, within a few moments after the decision was reached, relaxation came to Joseph and he, and he slept. In sleep, he was visited by an angel. The spirit said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not scruple to take, do not scruple, I would have chosen struggle, <laughs> do not struggle to take Mary, your wife, into your home. Her conception was brought by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph awakened, he remembered the dream, and he wondered if his forlorn hopes were reaching for ra ra uh, ra rationalization. A dream was nothing more than a dream. His unconscious wish wishes might be fulfilled in sleep still. If this were so, he would, he would never dream a blasphemy in which the pregnancy was excused by attributing it to God. Besides, the dream fulfilled an old prophecy to the latter. Behold, the virgin will be pregnant and give birth to a son who will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay, I'm going to stop here. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting interesting. Wow. Well, um, that was, that was nice. I mean, it's scary. I mean, think about it, really. I mean, what could have happened to her, to the Blessed Mother? 
I mean, she was so young. I mean, it's obvious she was very young and she was very fragile in that society, in that culture where they, they took such matters very seriously and they took very extreme matters of what to do to people if, if something happened. Especially the sad problem is if the young woman, let's say if it wasn't her fault, it didn't seem like it left open to the possibility of a sexual assault, which could have happened to someone back then. Obviously, there must have been a lot of it, sadly. And it's obvious that a lot of these young women um, suffered from it. If you remember, it seemed a lot of it, there was a lot of pressure, obviously, on the young woman. We hear a lot about violence on women, a lot in our culture today. And assault, sexual assault and everything. But it didn't seem, uh, it didn't seem to, uh, to, to put a lot of pressure on the men, even though if the possibility of the two were caught in the act of adultery, they would both be stoned. But it didn't seem like it was much different than what you hear from these extremist um, fundamentalist Muslim groups like ISIS or Hezbollah or what they do in Saudi Arabia. They, they actually still behead women in Saudi Arabia. If a man wanted to get rid of his wife, he could come up with an, a, 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 a serious charge and allegation and have her killed. And who knows how many men have used their religion to get rid of a wife so they can go marry another wife to go find another young woman or with possibly inherit more property. It's unbelievably frightening and sad. Okay, so um, let's say the uh, novena to Our Lady of Lourdes. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. O ever immaculate virgin, mother of mercy, health of the sick, refuge of sinners, comforter of the afflicted. You know my wants, my, my troubles, and my sufferings. Cast upon me a look of mercy by appearing in the grotto of lords. You were pleased to make it a privileged sanctuary where you dispense your favors and where many sufferers have obtained the cure of their infirmities, both spiritual and corporal. I come, therefore, with the most unbounded confidence to implore your maternal intercession. Obtain, O loving mother, the granting of my request. Through gratitude for favors, I will endeavor to imitate your virtues, that I may one day, that I may one day share your glory. Amen. Novena to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O most blessed mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever listening and caring, consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today, especially here we make our own private intentions. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. St. Bernadette, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, folks, God bless. And I'll be back tomorrow with another uh, reading, hopefully, God willing. Um, stay safe and um, try to stay warm. And uh, hopefully you're not commuting. All right, so enjoy your time with your families and keep reading your Bible and keep praying the rosary. God willing, we'll be together again tomorrow. Amen.